Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Certainly one of the key elements of the commerce of tomorrow is going to be cybersecurity. And we'll be talking to Peter Kolaroff today. Peter, how are you? Great. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you, Peter. Uh, Peter is the founder and CEO at Crayonic. Uh, Crayonic is an early stage cybersecurity startup. It's focused on solving problems around true identity of people and things in the digital domain. And I suppose, as, as, as I know, Peter, you and I have talked about the hardware element, so bringing that digital, digital element together with the real world as well. But before we go into uh, Crayonic and, and the work that you guys are doing there, let's tell us a little bit about your background and how, how you got, got going before Crayonic. Oh, that's a very interesting question. Uh, it wasn't as straightforward as it uh, uh, may have looked, uh, but uh, I've been always interested in kind of uh, hacking and uh, uh, figuring out how things work. And uh, one of the uh, one of my introduction to internet in back in the nineties uh, was actually playing with the identity itself. Uh, it was uh, really figuring out how email works and how email can be spoofed or how actually credentials, credentials uh, such as username and password can be easily taken away from you or fished. Uh, of course, back then there, there wasn't that terminology around, um, but that was always the interest. Um, then skip many years for fast forward um, I ended up working uh, for a, a company a integrator uh, as a identity access manager architect. And, and I was basically dealing professionally uh, with these issues and deploying, developing and architecting identity and access management solutions, um, mostly in different verticals, uh, finance, government, mm -hmm. etc. Um, from then, I kind of moved to e-signing, which was a little different, but it's still the identity. Yeah, um, still related. Uh, yeah. It still was how do you sign a document, electronic document, uh, with a proof of your identity? Uh, of course, in, in a paper-based form, you take a pen, you sign, and there is a signature. It proves your intent that you agree with the transaction. And uh, um, it should also prove like really that you sign it. So somebody should be able to look at your signature and match you to some maybe previous signatures. Right. Uh, so, so back at that company, I have developed uh, one of the first, what's called a biometric handwritten signature solutions that were running on wow. uh, mobile devices. Uh, so it, it took, a, it basically allowed you to open a document show it on the screen of a mobile device, take a stylus, sign it with your handwritten signature and uh, uh, send it to whoever. Uh, the idea was there to capture as much of the biometrics of the handwriting as possible. So we would capture you know, the X, Y and maybe pressure 
and, uh, um, and encrypt this data, put it in a document. And then if somebody would need to prove your identity, uh, they could go to actually forensic experts and uh, study your signature, just like they would study the paper signatures. Right. Um, and, and that would be a match. You know, that would be like, that would be your identity stored inside an electronic document. Um, so at that point is actually when, when I founded Crayonic and uh, um, I stayed a little bit initially in the e-signing area and uh, developed what we called Crayonic Pen uh, and Crayonic Paper. It was, uh, it was literally um, a hardware device. I think I have some here. If you want to see this, look kind of like this. Uh, cool. And, I need uh, one of those, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was a little fancy looking, but uh, uh, the idea of the con the idea of the Chronic Pen was that it would actually recognize the handwriting itself. So you would basically train a signature, handwritten signature, and uh, the pen would know if you are the correct owner. And every time you sign a document by signing again on the screen of the mobile device, uh, the pen would either give you green light, it's you, or red light, it's not you. If it's you, then it could certify your identity. And this time it would use not just the biometrics, but actually it would use a certificate, digital certificate that somebody could issue to you as an owner of the pen. Um, and with this certificate, then uh, your identity could be proven by anybody in the world by just right. opening uh, the document inside Adobe Reader and checking that it's really you who signed it. Um, so, so this was really the, the initial concept uh, and well, I, I, I love it. You know, Peter, I, every day that I have to sign anything uh, and, and I, I have to deal with a company where I still have to print things out, sign them, scan them, post them or send them. I, uh, my head shakes because uh, I, you know, there, there are, are valuable solutions now in the market where I, I feel a lot of this can be done digitally and clearly uh, you, you've worked on, on those. So you, you, you were involved in the e-signature space and then uh, you, you started Crayonic. Tell us a little bit more about Crayonic and where you are today and the types of solutions that you guys are putting together. So yes, Crayonic is, uh, if I would have to now say it in very short, it's developing solution to get rid of passwords. Um, and we got there Can actually- Can we just pause for a second? Please get rid of them. It's a nightmare for all of us. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, it was a it was a bad idea 50 years ago when they were invented. Uh, the person who invented them actually already knew at that time that it was a bad idea, but we stuck with them. You know, it, we somehow there was nothing I guess easier to do than having a password. Uh, it's basically a secret word, a shared secret between two parties. And when I say it, and I say the same word that you know, it lets me in. But obviously the idea is already flawed from the beginning. Uh, the password uh, cannot be really that secret, you know, because there's always the other side who knows the same word. And if somebody takes it from you, then they can pretend that it's me or you, vice versa. Right. Uh, so, so obviously from usability point of view, People have to remember them, change them, and, and people are really bad at coming up with really good passwords. And even if they're really good passwords, they can still be stolen. And worst yeah. of worst problem is that they can be fished. Right. So, so, so you guys are working on, on these the password solution. 
So tell me how, uh, how that kind of manifests into products that uh, individuals and customers would be, would utilize. Um, yeah, so we basically uh, uh, utilize the standard uh, that was invented not too long ago, and uh, uh, it put together big companies such as Google, Microsoft, even Apple, and they finally agreed on some standard uh, which could replace this shared secret uh, with a cryptographic um, math, effectively. Mm -hmm. uh, it, would, uh, it would use something called zero knowledge proof mm -hmm. or maybe digital signature um, that uh, uh, proves that I am who I am uh, without disclosing anything about that secret. Uh, so this is effectively this public private key infrastructure in a, uh, in a very efficient manner. And here, um, the, the hard part is now, how do you deal with these cryptographic keys? Uh, if, you, if you're going to replace passwords with something much more complicated, it has to be made really simple for the end user. Right. Because uh, obviously cryptographic keys, you cannot you know, store in your head and do the operations in your head to actually project and do the calculations, right? You need to have a device that can do this for you. Um, obviously you could use your mobile phone or, or a PC to, to store these secrets on. Uh, but we've taken a different route. Uh, we actually developed a device ourselves uh, cool. that could store all these cryptographic keys, but only un unlock them for you if the device is very sure of your identity. So you have to first prove your identity to that special device. We, it's, we call it also smart authenticator, but of course it has a name in, a, in our company and it's Creony Key Vault. And if you want to see, it looks something I can, like this. I don't know if you can see this. So that's a, a Creonic Key Vault, yeah? Yes. Nice. It's a, it's, it's a size of a key basically. That's why it's a, and the, the reason it's called Key Vault is because it can store multiple keys, not just one key. Okay. And it's not just storing those keys, it can use them in a secure manner. So the device is never online. You cannot have any malware installed, but it easily connects uh, to your other devices. And this is also thanks to the standard I mentioned, the FIDO mm -hmm. standard, uh, which is already present in most of the devices that we have today. That's mobile phones, tablets, your PC, your notebook. Um, now even some doors have it. So you so, can- So, I mean, with the, with the key vault, I mean, it, it reminds me of kind of uh, some of the things that I've seen uh, my friends that, that are active in the cryptocurrency space have these uh, kind of key vaults. Would that, yes. be, would that be a potential customer for you? Uh, yes, that's something very similar. Uh, cryptocurrency uh, users are the first ones who basically ditch the passwords and uh, they have the mantra of uh, not your key, not your crypto. You know? So mm -hmm. if you lose your key or uh, somebody steals it, then you really don't own any of that crypto that you supposedly own. Right. Uh, so, so they were the first people who accepted that, yeah, the, this, uh, uh, there has to be some security device that can do these operations on your behalf, has to be offline. And, uh, and the idea is now only how you prove to that device that you are who you are. Because if somebody right. steals that device, uh, then they would obviously have access to the keys. So right. this is basically where we have focused on and, and try to develop different modes of accessing these cryptographic secrets. And uh, uh, we use mostly 
biometrics and also some knowledge factor. So the biometrics would be, for example, your fingerprint on the on the on the sensor on the right. on the. Um, but um, for us, even more important is something we call uh, a behavioral biometrics. So, for example, combining that little knowledge knowledge factor, just four digit pin with um, your behavior, for example, how you write or how you speak the pin. Mm -hmm. uh, this is something unique to you. And if I would tell you that my pin code is one, two, three, four, you still would not be able to, let's say, write it on a, with your hand with handwriting. Um, this also kind of offers uh, what we called a proof of free will. Um, that's that's something uh, very important in some high level transactions or high value transactions uh, because it, it doesn't just prove that uh, i am who i am and that maybe i'm alive but that i really want to be in that transaction because it's really hard to actually just write a correct pin with a correct handwriting you really want to try to do you have to really try to do this um, and and that's really a big differentiator uh in uh in uh basically between Kronik Keywalt and standard. Yeah, well, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I, the reason why you're the, the, the e-signature pen that you showed me before uh, really uh, I think is valuable is anybody who's tried to sign anything just using uh, a mouse pad, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's an interesting process. <laughs> it's an interesting process. Yeah, that's a, a, a usually that will be just a scribble on a, a, obviously that that would not give you much value. Uh, usually in, in electronic documents that people sign, uh, the identity does not come from this handwritten scribbled signature. The identity usually comes from some other proofs of, uh, you know, when you signed it, uh, uh, did you log into the system, etc. So it's kind of a log of events and, and uh, other other factors. But uh, yeah, uh, it's really interesting. I mean, Peter, we find ourselves at a time where I I I feel like there are potentially like two um, competing sources or two competing powers, but at the same time they're somehow related and they may not be competing. And one is this this uh, focus on identity and making sure that we authenticate and we verify and we know um, versus this demand that we see that really took off, I would say, over the last decade, which is the push for uh, greater privacy, uh, customer privacy and, and the personal ownership of information. And We've seen that kind of impact different industries in different ways. You know, uh, in the advertising and marketing world, we've been, we've seen the shift over to kind of like a, a cookie-less world. Uh, and certainly in the cybersecurity space, we've seen the work that your your team and, and, and companies like yours have been, been doing. But how do you see that battle being waged and how does it come together? Uh, this is a very good question uh, because you can achieve security. Uh, that's one thing. There is this, I would say, this triangle, you know, security, usability, and uh, security. Oh, sorry, privacy. So it's, it's very hard to balance all three. Usually you can have solution that's not very usable, but it's very secure. It could be, I don't know, a computer turned off below a desk. Nobody ever touches it. It's offline. It's pretty secure. Um, if you want something usable, uh, 
you have to have um, uh, you have to think even simpler than password. So for us, it was kind of a press of a button. You know, if I want to unlock my PC, I can take a keyboard. I just have it. I press a button. It's almost too simple then for some people. Are like, oh, is this really secure? But yes, secure because uh, there is other things that happen inside that can prove that you are who you are. There is some cryptographic mounts, etc. And then there is this whole privacy side. Um, so for example, I can uh, uh, log into a remote system with my face. If the face is recognized by the system on the other side, that's probably not very private because they would have to have some basically my face on the other side. Right. Uh, this would be a biometric authentication with centralized biometrics. If an attacker gets there, obviously uh, they can steal the biometrics and, and use it for other purposes. This actually happened, you know, there's many stolen fingerprint databases this way. Uh, but we, we looked at it differently. We, we, we make sure that it's usable, you know, as I mentioned, you know, just you can use one click to get in, um, but it has to be very private. And we believe that the only way to do it is if the, all the information, all sensitive information stays with you in your hands, you know, it doesn't leave uh, the device that you trust, um, that it's protecting the, your, you know, sensitive data. And some of the most sensitive data is actually biometrics. So if we evaluate a fingerprint, it's evaluated inside that secure device. It never leaves. Oh. It never goes on the outside. The other system never knows anything about the biometrics. They just know that, that you went through the biometric authentication and that it passed. And the, okay. there is a mathematic proof of it, but there is no, no, no biometric, no sensitive information, no first name, no last name leaving the device. It all stays there. If you want it to leave, you can you can tell the, the the device that okay I want to release let's say my first name or my login or whatever but you have that under your control and uh, uh, so so this is the balance this is what we call decentralized authentication or decentralized identities you know right. where, where you are under control of your identity and you only show that part that you want to show you don't have to show the whole ID card uh, with all your name last name and um, date of birth just to prove let's say that you are older than 18 right. and the same of course applies to the biometrics and the templates so this, this is very tricky to get and uh, we believe with the decentralized identity and decentralized authentication we can achieve this you know and and, and is this somehow uh, applying uh blockchain is that you know related to the blockchain and, and kind of a ledger the, the technology the technology yeah is very similar because it's using what's called digital signatures to prove um, uh, to prove your identity or your authentication intent. Mm -hmm. uh, same digital signatures are used in blockchain or cryptocurrencies to sign the transactions that you want to transfer X amount of Bitcoin from this address to this address. So the math is the same, the operations are the same, uh, but it does not require blockchain to operate. It can protect the blockchain transaction, so I can send to it a transaction to confirm and sign, but it does not need it to operate it. It can be totally happening. Well, you know, I, I imagine, Peter, that during uh, the pandemic, um, maybe facial recognition has taken a step back as we all have had our masks on, <laughs> but it, it, maybe... Maybe it's all about the eyes, you know, that, that, that I guess is, is the key. But uh, tell me a little bit more about what the last year has been like for you and, and Crayonic. It's been a, a moment for obviously a lot of personal challenges, but um, 
but also I'd be curious to hear how it's impacted the business and, and going forward. Um, it impacted us definitely in, in good ways and in bad ways. Uh, in, in bad ways, obviously a couple of the team members uh, uh, who did get sick actually did uh, uh, survive, but uh, was a little bit harder for them, let's say, and uh, yeah. it slowed us down, uh, put us back a few months. Yeah. Also, if you have to do sales over Zoom, it's it's nice to uh, get in contact with people. It's easy to start the lead, but it's very difficult to close any new business, uh, as you can imagine, over Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, I think it gave us time to to focus more on work uh, without having to travel extensively and and really sit down and 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 finish the product. So yeah. I think in in th that term, it helped and. Uh, uh, we also actually somehow managed to close our seed financing round. So this was pretty- uh, Congratulations. <laughs> unexpected during the COVID, but yeah, we managed to do it. And we closed it in, uh, I think last November, it was finally done. But uh, um, yeah, that was uh, that was kind of thanks to also that, uh, that the investors realized that what we are working on is needed even more now than it was before. So it kind of gave us an extra validation. I yeah, I mean, I, I would say that one of the things that's very clear is that the pandemic operated as an accelerant in a way to us shifting over to a truly digital identity or at least a digitally driven identity. And that is where um, Crayonic plays in, in, in making sure that that's uh, validated, genuine and protected. So tell me a little bit more about how you see the future evolving for, 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 for Crayonic. Um, it, it seems like uh, there's going to be a lot more activity in this space. Yes, that's also what we believe that uh, during the pandemic, the shift from just uh, talking about cybersecurity and security on its own uh, has shifted a little bit more towards like identity and digital identity and really what is behind it. Uh, because really, uh, without strong proof of uh, digital identity, there is not much cybersecurity left. Uh, and I think yeah. that shift really allowed us to to kind of position uh, the solution a little bit better and prepare it for the the upcoming uh, years, where we believe that we'll hopefully take big. Yeah, I, I have no doubt, Peter, that this is a central element. As as I, you know, we, as we talked about this, the discussion around identity, I feel is very interwoven with this sense of privacy. And the question will be whether our world and and individuals will become comforted and comfortable with the protection that identity can provide, you know, and, um, and somehow we can marry that with a level of anonymity when individuals want that, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a dance and uh, I don't think we're going to get it right the first try, but uh, we need Crayonic and companies like yours coming up with solutions uh, in this space. Peter, thank you so much for joining us on Uncaged today. It's been great to talk to you. Um, Peter, if people want to reach you and learn more about what Crayonic is doing, where should they go? Uh, yeah, I think uh, visit our website, crayonic.com, and uh, all the contact information is there.
Excellent. uh, Yeah, that's the best place to start. That's great. Uh, Well, I'm going to work on my digital signature, Peter. uh, And it's been great to learn more about what Creonic is doing in the latest in the cybersecurity space. Uh, We've been talking to Peter Kolaroff. He is the founder and CEO of Creonic. It is a cybersecurity startup, which was actually launched in 2015. It focuses on solving um, the challenges around true identity of people and their things in the digital domain and how those digital domain elements actually stretch into the real world as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, Peter. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers.